Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, a sixth event podcast, video event one-shots, and an additional video D&D campaign. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumbdumbdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows and vote on the way their stories will progress. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1 and there's great value for you at even that level. So please join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumbdumbdice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dumb Dumbs and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pot, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merchandise dice today. Welcome back, initiates, to the Mythos Mysteries, a live play Pulp Cthulhu podcast where improvisers and comedians venture into dangers beyond their wildest imaginings. I am H.P. Helmfirth, your host on this journey into darkness. The Mystery Punchers completed their exploration of the chapel and the mysteries of their past. Left with horrifying memories and further questions, they began exploring the Corbett House itself. In this abandoned home where blood dripped upwards and a disembodied voice pleaded for help, Richter was stabbed in the back by an unseen foe. So venture forth with us, dear friends, into the mythos. And Red and Adrian, you appear at the top of the stairs to see a blade fly through the air and bury itself in Richter's back. What do you do? Do I see who threw the knife? You quickly scan the room. You see a flashlight on the floor and a knife in his back. Uh, I'm going to yell his name and run down the stairs. Cool. So I think you yell it like as it hits him, um, Adrian. Yeah, I'm just going to follow. Yeah, that's yep. given. Uh, can both of you roll me a climber dexterity check, please? We're going to do dex. I'm also going to do dex. Mm-hmm. Mine is a regular success. Mine's a hard success. Uh, so as you run, the stairs begin to, to shift and, and uh, shudder under you. I think, Adrian, you probably just jump. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and Red, I think you're able to kind of spring between uh, between them. Um, so both of you make it down to uh, the ground. Um, Richter, um, I assume you spin around to, to see what's... I, I think it's... Because Richter's not much in the way of a fighter. I think it's purely instinctual 
uh, spinning, reaching to grab for the, the knife old, in the his old own knife back. in the back. Lotsy just yeah, helplessly, just like ah, ah, don't touch it. Shisa, leave it. It'll be worse for you if you pull it out. Uh, <sighs> and uh, as you say that, red to your horror, you see the knife slide out, turn, and fly at you. Please roll me a dexterity save. That is an extreme. Mm, ooh, can I s- can I spend a luck point? Uh, yep. Is it like one luck per? Uh, I actually haven't used luck at all in this game. But yeah, you guys have basically so fills in point. for. Yeah, right. one luck per skill point that right. you want to adjust a roll by. Great. I'm going to use one luck to get an extreme success. Ooh, nice. Um, so, Red, you remember um, a long time ago when you guys had just escaped from the orphanage and you were first out on your own. Um, you realized very quickly watching some of the other gangs fight that even though Adrian was was getting bigger and was certainly stronger, um, the two of you were just too small to take on a big, bad world. So you had to be smarter. You had to be faster. Uh, so I think the two of you spent a lot of time, not with real knives, of course, but with him throwing things at you and you catching them or dodging them or evading them um, because you knew that when someone came for the two of you with a knife, it'd be up to you to distract them long enough for Adrian to put them to sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so with those honed reflexes, uh, you leap to the side and catch the blade by the the hilt as it flies by. So... Um, I turn around, I see you holding a knife, like, I thought you said to leave it in! <laughs> um, so, the knife begins to shake in your hand and, and try and, and break free. Um, I need you to roll um, a brawl check, please. Ooh. I was going to say, the other thing is, I know I'd be diving in to assist with grabbing floating knife, oh, if okay. possible. All right, so you know what? I'll, oh. I'll let... I'll let w- you guys can choose. I'll let you use Adrian's brawl if you want, because I think that it makes sense that he would clamp his hands over it over top of yours. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Cool. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> um, that is a hard success. Hard success. Uh, what's your actual number? Thirty-two. All right. Um, the knife is is kind of um, trying to twist towards uh, red. Um, but you just kind of like clamp it um, and uh, manage to to hold it steady. Um, Sorry, one second. So basically, it's like big struggle. Blade turns towards red and is like actively stabbing towards her throat. Um, you hold it, and I think it's like literally you, you wrench it like once, twice, and then suddenly you actually both fall over holding it uh, because it's as though um, all the tension in it goes out mm. um, and you're holding a blade. Uh, the blade is bloody, um, but you can also tell that it's um, there's kind of like a rusted blood on it as well. It seems to be sort of ancient, uncleaned blood. Any insignia or anything about it? Well, that's an interesting question, Claire. You'll never guess. Is it a WC? <laughs> uh, no, actually, but oh. that, that that is also good. Um, you see the, uh, the the there seems to be the symbol of the eye on the. Oh the, the, wow! The yeah, that's the, the easier the answer. The that's what I should have guessed in the first place. Uh, no, but I like the WC. I mean, you're not wrong. Mm. Uh, it's just not there. Um, so uh, 
yes. The hilt seems um, very old, very functional. Um, but uh, as sharp as this blade is, and it is truly, truly razor sharp, um, it almost seems ceremonial. I am not having any of you and your weird cult today, William Corbett. I'm going to hang on to the knife because I do not trust it to not try to attack us again. Yep, that's wise. Um, Richter, how are you doing? I'm I'm now like the the pain is now driving me like I it's it's all cementing the idea that like we are on the right track. We have to get through there. So, so now I've picked back up and like redoubled my efforts to get in there with great. the shovel. So as you're like cranking away with the shovel, now I think it's like as much chopping wood as it is like yeah. cracking boards. Um, and for flavor, like the, the wound on your back is just like soaking through, but you're, you're paying no attention to it. You're also kind of still wrapped up in your heroic madness. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, you, you pry, uh, you pry the boards away. Um, what are the two of you, Adrian and red doing kind of in prep? He's, he's cracking open this thing. Mm -hmm. How, how are you arranging yourselves? Um, is there something that I can use as a kind of shield in this area? Uh, there is a trash can lid. I will take that cool. and I will hold that in front of me in case any stray knives decide to bury themselves in my chest. Just uh, straight up like Oscar the Grouch, <laughs> Captain America. Yep. <laughs> Are we in like, is it like, is there like utility items down here? There's like tools and stuff. There's some, you know, nails and boards and pipes and that sort of thing. Is there tape? I don't know that there was that much tape kicking around in ni- 1930. Right, I, I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so you're wailing away. I'm going to grab some Where? twine then. I'm going to like just some some string. I'm just going to tie a flashlight to my shotgun. I was going to say, where is your shotgun while you're wailing away on the wall? Would you just duct tape mod your shotgun? <laughs> yeah, I did. Yay! Yeah. Uh, Love it. It's, uh, it's got a strap, so it was just over my back. Nice. Okay. Um, all right, so you, um, <laughs> I just stand back and let the old man break the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't told to. <laughs> uh, you crack the, uh, the wall open, um, and you can see that it's kind of a, uh, a storage bin, um, the, where there, uh, there once would have been, uh, coal or some such, um, and beyond it, um, there's, and like just the, the smell is, is overwhelming from kind of the rats and the, the, the garbage they've been eating. Um, but beyond that, um, there is a, a room, uh, it is a large room, uh, in the center of which is sort of a, um, a small altar, uh, lying on top of which is, um, a six foot tall, incredibly skinny, naked man, uh, with ghastly wide flared saucer like eyes, uh, and his nose is sharp. Um, and you can see that, uh, there's some sort of chain around his neck. Uh, he's completely hairless. Um, his teeth are like his, his gums have receded and his, his mouth is drawn back into a rictus grin. Uh, it makes his teeth look very, very long. Um, and there's a smell emanating the room. That's like uh, sweet rotting corn, just a truly sickening, uh, smell. Uh, and Corbett is staring up at the ceiling, completely motionless. This might be a dumb question, but is he dead? He's not moving. He's perfectly still. Right. 
Adrian. Is this, is this a guy you can punch, please? Adrian, darling, do you still have that knife? Oh, yeah. I would like you to use this, wan- this man's weapon against him, please. All right, I want to storm forwards. I was already kind of rearing to go the moment we found somebody. I want to stab the ever-loving shit out of this guy. <laughs> I want to cover him with the shotgun. Before, um, can I spot check or, like, check for traps or something like that before? Uh, you can roll a spot hidden? Yes, please. As I'm saying this to him, because I realize I... Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> no, that's a big fail. I mean, not a, not like a fumble. So you quickly look around the room for traps. You can see there's a table in the corner that has some papers scattered across it. Um, you can see some other papers kind of around. Uh, the floor appears to be earthen. Um, and there's a, a statue of some sort in a corner, uh, just sort of like a small statue. Uh, but beyond that, you can see no traps. You just see dirt floor and uh, Adrian rushing forward with the blade raised over his head. Yeah, I'm like a freight train now. Yep, yep. So, Adrian, as soon as you step in um, with kind of a horrible, sickening, crunching noise, um, the head just kind of cricks towards you. Um, and the grin seems to get a bit wider and uh, he begins to sit up. Uh, can you please roll me? Uh, get all three of you to roll me. A, actually, probably not Richter. I need Red and um, Adrian to roll me sanity checks, please. Ooh, I failed. I passed. I rolled four. Wow, nice. Damn. Um, all right, so this is the moment for Red. This is the moment where the <laughs> ghost real. is it's right in real. front of her. <laughs> <laughs> so Red. Um, as it all kind of comes crashing down, everything you've managed to build, all the walls you've managed to build to prevent having to, to think about this, um, suddenly you're you're back there in in the church, and you remember uh, people wearing these white uh, these white masks. Uh, you remember blood. You remember um, Sally being dragged away. You remember um, Benny just screaming at you to to help her. Um, and, uh, Sally always relied on you. That's, that's something you always remember. She always looked up to you. And as her mother was just kind of dripping blood onto, uh, this mask, um, there was suddenly a, a series of flashes and out of the corner of your eye, uh, you saw a younger Richter walking forward, um, as people just kind of like swung bats at him and, and punches, uh, but there was a glow around him, um, and his eyes seemed to be white. Uh, and he um, was uh, screaming something in German you couldn't understand while firing his gun into uh, Sally's mother. Um, and as uh, as she fell away, um, it was like a, a void opened beneath Sally. And she screamed to you and held out her arms to you. Um, and you could hear cracking above your head, uh, sounding like wood was breaking. You could hear fire breaking out. Um but you didn't care about any of that. You didn't pay any attention to any of that. Um, and you started to reach out to her and sort of her eyes made contact with your eyes. You saw each other. You managed to get her hand in your hand. Uh, and then suddenly six completely jet black arms reached out of the void, grabbed her around the waist, the throat, the arms, the legs, and pulled her screaming into the void and the last thing you heard her scream was, Tracy! And that was the last time you used your name. Um, before you, um, you see something that can't 
happen happen and finally it, it begins to rush back for you you're going to take uh, three points of sanity damage um, and because you failed your check uh, you're going to take an involuntary action um, and I think as all of this comes rushing back um, you drop your gun mm-hmm. you fall to your knees mm-hmm. and you just pull the trash can lid in front of you makes um, sense and um, yeah, you're kind of wrestling with double vision of, of seeing what's going on with Corbett and what's going on here. Um, Adrian, uh, because you're rushing in, you're going to get the first hit on this. Uh, I'm going to drop us into initiative order. Um, so we'll have Adrian, Corbett, Richter, and then Red, you're currently out of commission, but we'll get you mm-hmm. back in when we can. Hey everybody, Tom McGee here, your friendly neighborhood DM, and I just wanted to thank you so much for listening to our shows. I hope you're having a great time. Obviously we are. I'm probably really stressed because they're they're probably doing something horrible to me right now, but uh, I hope you're enjoying it, and uh, we're enjoying you being here. And listen, if you want to get a little bit more involved uh, in our show and with the various things we do, you can check out patreon.com slash dice where you can find more information about how you can become a part of the show, how you can screw with me on air, how you can add names and all that sort of stuff. And it's a great way to support us and our ongoing dumb adventures. So thanks very much for joining us. And I will see you out there in the dumbverse. Adrian. Yeah, this is like once the freight train started, essentially it's all been terrifying because Adrian couldn't do anything and was waiting for instructions. But now he has like a clear mission and a (laughs) physical enemy that he can hit with a thing. So he's somehow more in his element now even though it's all terrifying let's see how we do with this knife should i just use a fighting brawl tom i don't have a specific yes, like, yeah knife brawl, brawl would be good uh that's a hard success nice hard success all right uh one moment please i'm just looking up our combat rules great uh okay so Um, all right, so I need to make a an opposed check uh, as Corbett against you. All righty. Let's dance, you corpsey motherfucker. <laughs> um, so I'm going to roll fight back, which is the maneuver I can pull. So highest level of success wins. So you've got your number there, Ryan? Yep. But highest level of success would also be like hard versus regular, right? Yes, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, okay, so, uh, yeah, you definitely win that contest. Nice. Um, so, uh, you're able to inflict damage. Um, so a knife. Yeah, what am I doing with this does, spooky-ass uh, knife? 1d4 plus 2. 1d4 plus 2. And then I do I have a, I have a damage bonus? Does that add to the knife or uh, no? It should if it's on your sheet, yes. Nice. I, I haven't looked at your sheet in a while. Great. So that does uh, seven damage, but I'm also uh, a heavy hitter, so I can spend additional luck for damage dice. So I'm going to get another damage die. Okay, sure. Would that be my damage bonus, or is that to damage from the weapon? Uh, Damage bonus. Okay, so I do 10 damage total. Nice. Uh, Okay, so you... um, Bring the knife down, um, and I think you, you almost hear Red cry out behind you. So, like, this is real real murder time. Um, as you plunge the dagger into his chest, um, there's almost resistance, 
as you're kind of bringing your fist down, um, you can feel there, there's uh, like almost a, a shimmering kind of layer of resistance. Um, but to your pleasant surprise, this dagger seems to slice directly through it. Um, you plunge it deep into his chest, uh, and immediately everything around the wound starts turning to ash, and he, he screams in rage at you. Uh, you get the sense that you did more damage than the dice said. Nice. I hope you like the first taste uh, as, I, as I get ready to stab him again. Um, okay, so... Fuck, that's wild. Um, all right, what is he going to do? He is going to um, look at you um, and uh, just kind of... Again, he's trying to smile, but his, his teeth are so pulled far back from his uh, his gums. It's super gross. Um, and uh, he just says, I have not tasted fresh blood in some time. Yours might be good. Um, and he his eyes begin to kind of blur, and as they do, so do yours. Uh, so he's going to attempt to cast a spell on you. Uh, I need you to roll a power check against me. I cast a spell on you. I I do not succeed. Uh, what did you roll? I rolled a fifty-seven. Uh, you almost beat his, but sadly no. <laughs> My power score is the bad. <laughs> um, all right, so um, you will. Um, as you you blink, your your vision begins to blur and. Um, it's uh your the world kind of tilts on its on its axis a bit um and uh as you kind of blink away this kind of gunk from in front of your eyes uh you see red in front of you with a, a dagger in her chest um and uh behind you you can hear kind of the the, the cackling laughter of of uh, the corbett brothers uh as you assume them to be um and he uh he red looks up at you and says uh now, surely, Adrian, you won't be doing me any harm when there's two villains to be put to sleep behind me. Look at them. They even have that symbol. And sure enough, on their chests, you see the, the symbol of the triangle in the eye. Well, I guess it's time for me to figure out how to kill. Uh, and then I want to <laughs> take the dagger out of Red in front of me so I can go use it on the brothers. Cool. Uh, so uh, Richter and Red watching this happen... As soon as he pulls the dagger out, uh, you can see that Corbett is like staggered by by this damage. As soon as the dagger is out of him, um, the the ashen flesh begins to slowly knit uh, knit back together, and um, he just gestures very grandly at the two of you as kind of a "Here you go." Um, uh, but luckily, uh, Adrian isn't up for two rounds. <laughs> so Richter, um, you see all of this go down. What do you do? Um. I've got to get Red back in the game. Um, she's the only one who I've seen have have such a way with Adrian that maybe maybe it'll be enough to counteract the spell or or bring him back. Um, do I know anything about what's um, what's just happened before me? Now that I've seen this creature, do I get? Can you roll me in a, a culture sense of? I'll give you advantage because of your thinking about him before. So roll you. one of them again. Uh, I'm going to roll the percentile. <laughs> or is that, how do you want this to work? Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah I, just you know, I can just, remember the number and re-roll. Just re-roll both. Yeah. 
That makes more sense. Yeah. Sorry, my brain is still in stars with them. You know what? It's not that good. Uh, occult, you say? Yep. And I'm all about the occult. An 82 is a regular success. Thank God. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you've read Bram Stoker's Dracula. You, you have some thoughts about this, the, the, the sort of things that can do this. Uh, you recognize this as a domination spell. Uh, so it, it means that um, he is dazed and uh, is likely under telepathic control, um, be receiving uh, telepathic commands from, uh, from Corbett. Okay. Um, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to gently, because I think maybe this is a time for tenderness, just to coax Red back to her, like her fiery self, and then we go hard. Uh, I'm just going to try and pull that that garbage lid shield down from her face, down from her eyes, so that she can see what's in front of her, and tell her, um, uh, "Come back to us, Red." I couldn't do anything. We need you now. Your friends need you now, no, Red. No, my, my friend just went into the void. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't stop her. She called for me, and I couldn't do it. Look, look, he has Addy. Addy saved you. No, no, Addy saved me. He saved me in the church. It was fine. He saved me. He's here. Addy needs you now, Red. And as you look up, you see not uh, Adrian now, but um, you see him as a child, and you, you see the the just the, the plucky intelligent uh, kid, um, and he's walking to for, towards you uh, with his fists raised and tears running down his eyes. Um, and, um, you can see he's almost pleading for help. Addie, what ha- what happened? And she's, she's going to get up and kind of go to him. Uh, as soon as you, you try to stand up, the kind of the world blurs and you, you, you see, you see kind of, uh, what's in front of you. You see Corbett kind of smiling over, um, Adrian's shoulder and you see him kind of stalking towards you with his fists up. I'd like to think that I put, Two and two together fairly I so. quickly. Yes. Um, I don't think you would call it a domination spell, but I do no. think you'd understand. My God, that's a domination spell. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, no, Richter's right there in your ears, like, it's a domination spell. <laughs> it's very <laughs> interesting. <laughs> I'm going to get you, you Corbett brother assholes. <laughs> Not today, you son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, she's going to. Um, mm. Like, she knows what's going on, I think. Like, there's a reason why I told him to stick that knife in the corporate dude. Like, yep. um, that's working. I would, yeah, I would like to be able to disarm Adrian, but I think I might know that might be a futile thing to do. I suspect that would be futile. Yes. Um, I'm going to easier if he's got a bullet in his leg, but that's up to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say, Addy, stop. Uh, Ryan, can you roll me, this is completely off rules, but fuck it. Uh, can you roll me a, uh, what would, it wouldn't be int. Would it be wisdom? Cause I'm trying to counteract. Yeah, there's, there's, there's not no, like there's a wisdom no, equivalent. There's no wisdom equivalent. Uh, uh, int is idea versus education is no. Yes. So if we're looking for so wisdom, it would it'd be, be int. It would be an int. Yeah. Cool. That is the number two. <laughs> yes. That is the almost the most extreme success Our that it can be. Our bond is so strong. <laughs> all, all I do is, 
Oh, I heard an instruction. <laughs> <laughs> so I think in slow motion, it's like you, like Corbett's like grinning, like a, you know, jackal behind you. Uh, you hear the instruction, you see red, you blink. And I'm going to say based on kind of like Richter and red spending their turns to get you back in the game in one sweeping motion, you can spin spin around uh and as he like this is like proper snoke style just like i have won oh shit put him to sleep <laughs> uh, yeah so you spin around Cuts and the cake Addy. uh <laughs> fucking yeah you dirty motherfucker <laughs> uh roll go ahead and roll uh roll Language an attack Addy. with advantage <laughs> Cool, I got a, uh, that'd be a hard success. Um, all right, so you turn around, um, swing the blade, uh, go ahead and roll your damage. Nice. Uh, what was the, what was the addition for the knife again, Tom? Uh, so it's, uh, 1d4 plus 2 plus your, um, attack modifier. Great, and I'm going to expend luck as well because I'm pissed off at this motherfucker. That'll be another 10 damage. All right. Um, you spin the blade around, uh, and you catch him kind of across the jaw, uh, and uh, you just slice clean clean through his sort of uh, stretched and desiccated flesh, um, shearing uh, the top of his head off at the jaw. Uh, his eyes go wide uh, with surprise, and you can see his upper lip moving, uh, but his jaw is no longer connected to it. Um, so whatever he wanted to, to say to you, uh, fails as his head slides off his body and both hit the ground in a puff of dust and just turn to ash. Okay. I killed him, right? Can I inspect the body? It's ash. Oh, the whole body's ash. Yeah. Like basically the second it hits the ground, it's just like, Eddie, you finally learned how to kill. I did it! I hate him. Where are the Corbett brothers? <laughs> Determined there were two more of them. So um, having sort of rid the house of, of him and his, his presence over it, you're able to search it a bit more thoroughly. Um, on the table with his papers, um, you find a journal um, that seems to be increasingly rambly. It's, it's very difficult to read. Uh, but you think with some study you could perhaps learn more. Um, in a quick flip through, um, you seem to read things uh, to the effect of like uh, those uh, idiot fool inheritors um, and some ser- kind of like a series of derogatory comments about the church. Um, and, uh, you know, the, the misguided fools will do anything, um, anything for a smile kind of stuff. Um, but it's real rambly and real vexing. Um, in the room, you also find tucked away in the corner an incredibly ratty um, sack cloth uh, mask, but it looks like it's never been worn and discarded. Like it's just kind of in a corner mm. under some shit. Like it's not a, it's not in any uh, place of reverence. Um, the statue in the corner um, is very beautiful. Um, it looks like sort of a small Grecian statue, um, too heavy to move, but is what it is. Uh, I'll say you can take a quick sketch of it, but it doesn't look like much of anything to you. Um, 
you I'll op- leave that to Richter to do if he wants to take a sketch of it. I assume Richter as a collector of things, you're probably, or would that have any interest of you for like a Greek statue? Yeah, the story attached to it is the selling point found in the <laughs> Corbett house in the basement of a of a a, a vampire great uh, lord. Mm. Um, <laughs> um, okay. Oh yeah, he's, he's gonna fucking jazz it up. He's got to move some cargo. All right, so um, we'll leave you to that. Um, Red, as you look through the desk, um, there's a lot of paper that turns to dust that similarly seems a- kind of ancient, um, but then. You you kind of feel a pit in your stomach um, because as you kind of push stuff aside, uh, you see a ring of keys um, and a noticeable car key that clearly would have started um, a vehicle that would have been called something better than an ice cream. <laughs> um, but you clearly recognize um, uh, Benny's keys. Uh, there doesn't seem to be any other trace of him. You do find um, some blood elsewhere in the in the house. Um, Is the blood still dripping in the second floor? No. Mm. Um, you check the cabinet uh, very carefully, gun out, everything else. Uh, there's nothing inside. Um, I think, Richter, as you kind of continue to, to ponder this, um, you get the sense that um, uh, this room was likely his room. Um, so his control was stronger here, um, and that he kind of was exerting influence over the house. But now that he's gone, likely the, the, the influence seems to have ceased. So after kind of thoroughly looting the place, uh, you head back towards the sort of cracked front door. And there's something oddly anticlimactic about walking away from this house, because what held such mystery and horror for you is now just an empty building. Um, and so the three of you set out um, in search of rest, in search of respite, and in search of reflection. And read, you're left haunted with the images that you've only now just begun to see. Also, can I burn down the house? No. Fine. <laughs> and with that, you drive off into the distance. This episode of the Mythos Mysteries features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, and Keeper Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited by Ryan LaPlante, and the Mythos Mysteries show logo was created by Decapitated Marker at Decapitated Marker on Twitter. That's M R K R. Our theme songs are Dark Alleys and Sentinel by Kai Engel, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, and all of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are Dum Dum Dice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. All hail the mythos. 
Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, DM Rob, Christopher Little, Joshua White, Olin Anderson, Sue One, Devin Boyce, George Dolby, One True Artistry, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. My friend Shayna was like, just so you know, everyone in the Villainous League is coming to kill you. And I was like, oh boy. Imagine NPR in the MCU. The Daily Planet's style desk. Car talk for jetpacks. It's these American supers. 100% invisible. The speech bubble. It's sequential. The utility belt. Superhuman Public Radio is a fiction podcast telling the hilarious and heartbreaking stories of people in a superpowered world. I thought I was going to die. An invisible car in Chicago. A wee supervillain? These are the stories that fall between the panels of comic books. I think they knew that I didn't mean to do that to Arizona. Wasabi! He could kill himself. Kid, I feel like you're not giving this problem your all. No, no, but yes, I guess most people would call them a death squad. Superhuman Public Radio. Superhuman Stories. The only limits are your imagination, and I have a wild imagination. New episodes every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. This is SPR. Name the supervillain, and we've done the gig. But these Wall Street types that lack the answers to, yikes.